Hello and welcome to the next episode, uh, episode of Lost Track now, uh, uh, of uh, the Mr. Badger's Mascot podcast. Yeah, I've completely lost track of where we're up to now. Um, it's Tuesday when I'm recording this. I'm recording it a bit earlier today because uh, I've got a couple of Zoom meetings this afternoon. Um, so back to back as well. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, presenting one of them this afternoon. So I thought I'd crack on and uh, make sure we've got the podcast out today. Um, but otherwise, I'll probably be exhausted. As I said the other day, Like after a couple of Zoom calls, I'm dead. So uh, I think it'd be a time for a walk and a sleep. I've got to produce a little video as well tonight. So that could be interesting. Um, a little sing-along uh, for uh, someone. So uh, yeah, uh, that, I've got quite a bit to do today. Um, and already it's lunchtime and I don't know where the time's gone. So uh, as per usual, so time just flies by when you're like just staring at a screen. I'm not used to staring at screens for this long, but uh, it's starting to work. Uh, I just have to give myself like little breaks and you go, go just walk down the garden and uh, read and uh, walk back again, then go back and read the same patch again. So a good job reads come up all the time or else I'd have nothing to do. It's starting to work though. It's starting to work. Okay. Get, um, getting on top of the weeds so it's good um and uh that's about it today so far i just I, I don't know about you but it's sort of yeah bit by bit we're getting used to it but yeah every day seems to be different you wake up in a different mood so yesterday i did i, I woke up in a terrible mood with lockdown absolutely terrible i had a bit of a rubbish couple of days but uh today seemed much better so you know go ups and downs ups and downs so just if you're going through a rough day don't worry it might be better tomorrow i saw some uh, nice things on uh, radio one actually um i know radio one me and radio one seem to be going uh you know getting way too involved together um but it was really good and it was just uh, uh things to keep saying to yourself i thought this was really really good so if you if you're feeling a bit rubbish these are uh, five things to keep on saying to yourself so number one i'm doing the best i can and that's all i can do which I, I'm definitely over for that one at the moment. Uh, two, things will get better. Keep going. Again, really need that one at the moment. Uh, three, what can I do right now to help myself feel better? Yeah, and don't just say eat cake, although sometimes that's quite useful. Um, uh, number four, it's okay. It's a tough day, but it won't be like this forever. I had to tell myself that yesterday. Um, and then number five, I matter and I'm not alone. So uh, yeah, it, it does help. Those, so, yeah, write those down. It's, uh, I'm thinking of putting those above my desk at the moment just to kind of remind myself of these things. Um, just that it's important that we kind of tell each other and tell ourselves kind of, you know, it's going to be all right. So um, sometimes you just got to get, we're getting through one day at a time where we're doing that. And it's happened to a lot of like some uh, big mess, uh, podcasters that I listen to and uh, follow on Twitter and things, you know, uh, people who you think were all sorted together are really not. So actually it doesn't matter who you are kind of, um, we're all in this together but we're all separate at the moment but we can get through this we can get through this um and so i thought we'd look at um probably because a load of you are probably sat at home with um brothers or sisters um and i just thought we'd look at a couple of brothers today uh, and just the kind of bitter rivalry that happens between siblings now as you know uh, uh, many of you might know uh, me and my sister both are maths teachers we both studied maths together and um, we both studied maths at you know, the same university together which is the same as our two brothers that we're going to look at in a minute um, and uh, it was an interesting experience uh, being the uh, lesser of the two um, in terms of uh, the mathematical ability but um, 
still, my maths is pretty decent. I'm, I'm not going to have that one degraded, but it was an interesting experience sat in the same exam hall next door to your uh, sibling um, doing exactly the same paper and looking at it and going, I have no idea what's happening. And of course, being in alphabetical order, my sister was literally sat next door um, and uh, you could just tell that she was just flying through the paper. It was really, really annoying. Um, but hey-ho, these things happen in life. It was all good fun. Um so today I thought we'd look at the two brothers, um, and they're called the Bernoulli brothers. Um, so uh, they uh, Johan and Jacob Bernoulli. Jacob is the older one, uh, Johan being the uh, younger one. I love that name, Johan. Don't know why. Um, and uh, yeah, it, they were two brothers who um, grew up in uh, Basel or Basel in Switzerland, depending on whether you're Swiss, uh, Swiss German or Swiss France, French. Um, and uh, they grew up. Um, and they had a lot of siblings, so I think there was ten of them, um, and uh, Johan was one of the younger ones, um, so he uh, was the tenth child, um, and Johan, uh, Jacob was a bit older, so he was 12 years uh, older than Johan, um, and so when it came to kind of uh, their maths, um, they'd grown up in a family where maths had been quite important, but not massively important. Uh, they'd discussed in their sort of family life, their f mother and their father both were um, quite serious academics. And so uh, Jacob went off to, um, yeah, to uh, look at, sp uh, his father ran a spice business, um, importing spices into Baal. And it was quite a you know, major player in Baal at the time. So he was a magistrate, um, had been quite huge. So um, Bernoulli, those, uh, Jacob Bernoulli, uh, went off to university and was supposed to become a um, minister in uh, of religion um, and was supposed to, um, he was a Calvinist. Um, and so they had... Um, moved to Baal because of uh, religious persecution uh, from the Netherlands. And so um, he, when he was doing this, um, he really though had a more of a, uh, a vision and uh, discovery of maths that was more important than what going into uh, being a minister um, and being offered a, um, a church. And so despite uh, graduating in a theology degree, I know this is unusual, a mathematician with a theology degree, uh, yeah, he, you say, but it's not that unusual. Um, so uh, he um, actually then um, started teaching um, mechanics at the University of Baal um, in 1683. Now, uh, he started to uh, look at um, some of the works of uh, some of the other mathematicians. Now, if we look at our history of maths that's been going on, um, we started looking at the Renaissance last time, and we've looked at loads of mathematicians in the Renaissance so far. So um, if you look at, uh, look up back in the podcasts of um, uh, people like Newton and Leibniz in their methods of calculus, um, these people were kind of around the same sort of time. And... Bernoulli, uh, Jacob Bernoulli, started to work on uh, the new calculus that had come out of Leibniz. Don't forget they're in uh, Geneva, uh, in Switzerland, in Baal um, and Geneva. Um, and so therefore uh, it would come out of a whole of the Leibniz's kind of theories of calculus. And so discovering kind of the gradients of lines, but also the areas of curves, um, uh, the area of a, underneath a curve. Um, and so Leibniz had done this in Paris and uh, Baal's not that far away and 
Jacob Benigli had read about it and actually understood it. Because Leibniz's work, when he actually published it, was um, yeah quite hard to understand and only worked on certain circumstances, whereas Benigli started to work on it in a much greater way. But about the same sort of time, Johann, uh, 12, being 12 years younger, decide, uh, obviously then wants to go off to university. And at this point, he go, uh, is supposed to become a businessman. So his father had decided that he should work for his spice business um, and should be a merchant and should be a businessman. But he turned out to be absolutely useless at this and was much, much more interested in maths and in studying. And eventually he was allowed to go to the University of Baal. And so, yeah, hang on a minute. Jacob, older brother, is teaching at the University of Baal. Younger brother, Johan, goes to study at the University of Baal. So guess what happens? Johan starts teaching. Sorry, Jacob. Again, the two J's. It's hard work. Jacob starts teaching Johan maths. Um, and they start working together. And they work side by side. Um, but obviously, Jacob being the older sibling and uh, the more intelligent one. Um, okay, I'm Jake's. Uh, um, uh, so Jacob starts teaching Johan the maths. Um, and they start working together on it. And uh, the, they start to begin to work on topics. Now, the problem with the Bernoulli brothers is that their uh, personalities are slightly weird. So they're very, very competitive. And they're very, very self-conscious as well. So they both um, are constantly need of sort of um, gratification. But also they're very strong, uh, as someone quoted, uh, self-willed, obstinate, aggressive, vindictive, beset on feelings of inferiority, and yet firmly conceived of his, uh, their own abilities. Um, and so they're quite, yeah, quite strong personalities in their fields. Now, they kind of start to work together, and they work on Leibniz's uh, calculus, and they start to apply it in lots of different ways. Now, one of those ways is, comes from jacob's kind of works um and they start to uh, look at uh the um curves that are related to it so it starts to work on um first of all nice and easy on um uh, uh on what am i trying to say um so just curves that exist and so one of those curves is um if you imagine a piece you hold up a piece of string um then you get the curve underneath it and these are called caustic curves and these are really useful when you start to build um, bridges because and they are the strongest curves that you can possibly do. So they're like parabolas, but they're slightly um, stronger than a parabola would be. Um, and so they kind of started to... Uh, uh, Jacob, in particular, started to work on this. And they worked together on it and started to do it. Now, we're going to work, focus on Jacob and where he went with his life, and we'll then look at Johan as well. So uh, then they started to... Um, part companies shall we say um in the nicest strongest possible way um, and they started to become bitter rivals really um and started to bite at each other a little bit in publicly as well as privately um and so jacob though starts to look at um, differential equations and starts to produce some really good work in terms of the early parts of calculus so up until this point we've got the very basic calculus from Leibniz but these then start to work further on as you look at A-level maths uh, you start to have to 
uh, integrate and uh, differentiate um, slightly harder functions. And part of that comes down to a thing called a series. Now, a series is, we all know a sequence. So a sequence um, of numbers that we're used to. So that could be like a Fibonacci sequence, or it could just be like 2, 4, 8, um, etc. 2, 4, 8, 16. So multiplying by 2 every time. But a series is when we add those together. And you started to work on se uh, series, a series. So a series which add together to but increasingly get uh, very slightly uh, larger or very slightly smaller even as well. Um, and so he started to work on se infinite series. So series which carry on forever, but yet you can still sum them. So things like he uh, worked on uh, the sum of one over n. So a half plus a third plus a quarter. What does that sum to? Now this had actually been worked out before, but he also then started to work on uh, one over n squared. So one over one plus one over four plus one over nine plus etc. Um, and so you started to work on those sorts of ideas of summing series. Now, the important bit for this, though, is that it starts to apply to probability. And Bernoulli was one of the f people who came up with one of the fundamentals of probability, um, which is the, uh, the uh, theory of large numbers. Now, that sounds yeah obvious. Yeah, you get a large number. But uh, he started to work on the idea of relative frequency. And we use this in math quite a lot. So if you say... Um, had did an experiment then you get what's called from that experiment you get a relative frequency so that's an experimental probability rather than a theoretical probability now the theory of large numbers is that the more you do that experiment and get some results your probability will start to change so if you flip enough coins you eventually get that you get half of them are heads and half of them are tails if you did it enough times or if you rolled a dice then you'd hopefully eventually if you did it enough times get that each one has the same probability unless you've got biased dice um, and so this kind of theory kind of he actually proved that if the relative frequency you do it enough times you get to um the actual th uh, probability, the theoretical probability. And that's kind of one of the f f fundamentals of probability. Uh, so he's really involved in the, you know, real starting points of the study of probability. And he uh, used to um, produce uh, examples of this. So he came up with a set of Bernoulli numbers, um, which appear in a book on exponential series. And it basically it worked out kind of the, how much you'd expect to win by playing various games of chances. And so it kind of works on kind of ideas around those idea, uh, things, as well as still working on his um, uh, theories on calculus and understanding of it. To the point where he um, actually, you know, kind of really enjoyed it and liked kind of what the magical properties of some of the ideas. So the logarithms that we spoke about, um, he actually produced what's called a logarithmic spiral. And he liked it so much and found it so magical that that was actually inscribed and carved on his tombstone. Um, so there we go. So that is Jacob uh, Bernoulli. Johann Bernoulli, though, had a slightly different life. So Jacob was uh, had a chair, so uh, he was a professor. So he had a lifelong uh, thing of mechanics and mathematics at the University of Bath. Problem was for Johann is that 
he wanted that position because he lived in Bale and he wanted to be the maths professor at the University of Bale. And at the time, you could only really have one uh, professor of any subject. Um, and so that led to a bit of a problem in the fact that if your brother has got the job and there's only one job, you, you're in sticky wicket here, aren't you? So, uh, but Johan Bernoulli started to work on it and having worked on it with his brother um, and he started to then think that he needed to uh, find a post. And so he ended up going uh, from Baal up to uh, Groningen, which is in the Netherlands, um, and he was offered a place at Groningen University. Now, there's lots of universities up near there, so he got offered several jobs, but one of them was in Groningen, and he decided to go there. Now, it was quite a trek for them uh, to get there, so they had to uh, set up uh, from Baal because um, there's lots of fighting going on. Uh, they ended up going up the Rhine on a boat, uh, all sorts of things, um, and eventually they arrive in Groningen. Um, and he was such a passionate kind of person and kind of quite a big personality that um, he uh, upset some people, should we put it that way. And so there was lots of kind of uh, things thrown at him. So they had the Descartes community, uh, followers of Descartes, philosophy kind of attacking him that he was uh, not uh, very... Um, a big man of learning and not very following things. Um, and then he had the Calvinists who basically were accusing him of um, not being a Christian and uh, not allowing people. So he kind of was quite, uh, yeah, quite blunt in his replies to them. But uh, he kind of attacks both of them and, and sort of saying that he was in the middle. Now, whilst he was in this, he had a, um, a good kind of uh, working relationship with a guy called Hugens. Um, and it was actually because of Hugens that he probably went to Groningen. Um, and they started to work together on these sort of ideas. Now, he worked with Leibniz and his brother on developing things. Um, but the competition kind of could never get out of uh, Bernoulli, uh, Johan Bernoulli. And so they started to set up, um, and this is where a lot of math kind of um, worked really, was that you'd sort of propose a problem. And so you'd propose a problem to or lots of academics and it'd be almost like a little competition as to who could come up with the best solution and the first solution. And so you'd set up a problem and see what happened. So uh, one of the ones that Johan produced was called the uh, Brachistochrone um, in uh, June 1696. Um, and he challenged everyone to solve it really um and so it's kind of a, a bit to do with um calculus and it's to do with the area under a curve um, and it's a special type of curve now uh leibniz contributed to solving the problem jacob bernoulli contributed to solving the problem um in fact five people uh contributed to the problem including johan as well um and it's been found by uh Galileo earlier on a cycloid um and um, but uh, because uh Jacob proposed it uh Johan proposed it and Jacob came up with a problem um it was uh kind of a bit of a problem between the two of them and they started to become very falling out between the two of them uh to the point though where um yeah they started to get really anxious with each other and they didn't get on for the rest of their lives um now uh, 
Johan, though, was also involved with um, the Newton Leibniz kind of idea. Um, and uh, he backed Leibniz, being his mate. Um, and so part because Bernoulli, Johann Bernoulli was so well regarded across kind of the continent, actually the idea of gravity was prevented from going into uh, continental Europe for quite some time because uh, of Bernoulli's kind of work. And so, uh, yeah, this is where the kind of the schism of the Newton Leibniz kind of worked was through Johann Bernoulli. Now, other things though, that he did do was that he did also um, work with um, uh, a guy called L'Hôpital. Now, L'Hôpital, uh, de L'Hôpital, was a French mathematician um, who was based in Paris. And de L'Hôpital has a L'Hôpital's rule um, in, in maths uh, to do with series. Um, and so the summing of series. Um, and so L'Hôpital had kind of heard of Johann Bernoulli's uh, understanding of maths. And so had offered him kind of large sums of money to uh, come and to teach him and his friends about um, calculus. And because he understood it, whereas L'Hôpital hadn't at the time. And so he was very interested in maths in Paris. And so Johann Bernoulli, uh, before he had gone to Groningen, had actually gone to um, Paris to teach, to lecture um, L'Hôpital. Now, this carried on, um, but Bernoulli obviously went to Groningen. And so he would send uh, lectures by letter. So a bit like we're doing now, virtual kind of uh, lessons. Uh, Bernoulli would send his virtual lessons to L'Hôpital. Problem was, is L'Hôpital wrote all these down into a book, and so and then published this book before Bernoulli had. So uh, we get things like the L'Hôpital's rule. Probably was actually Bernoulli's rule, um, and it wasn't until 1922 that uh, when L'Hôpital died, uh, Bernoulli said, "Aha, L'Hôpital's book is actually all mine." No one believed him. Uh, because L'Hôpital had published it, whereas Bernoulli hadn't. Um, and so it was not until 1922 that actually some evidence was found that actually Bernoulli had been writing to L'Hôpital and uh, had actually written a book. So there we go. So poor Johann Bernoulli. Well, poor. I don't think that was the case. Um, but uh, L'Hôpital kind of plagiarised this quite a lot. So lots of uh, intrigue that's going on. Um, but yeah, so... Bernoulli, though, had got a bit of a chip, or Johan Bernoulli had got a bit of a chip on his shoulder by this point. And uh, he'd had a few children, um, and one of those children, called Daniel Bernoulli, uh, also became a mathematician. Problem was, is that Johan doesn't really like anyone else because he's quite jealous, and so he decides that he's going to uh, be really obstructive to Daniel. Um, and so his own work had to take priority. Now, Daniel Bernoulli uh, worked a lot on mechanics and on hydrodynamics. So the flow of water and how that works. And he produced um, a work called Hydrodynamica. But before he kind of actually managed to be able to, uh, to publish it, his father, being jealous type, decided he would uh, produce a work called Hydraulica. Sound familiar? So hydraulica or hydrodynamica. Yeah, they sound very similar, don't they? Um, and so he um, decided he was going to produce it first. And so he published it first before uh, Daniel 
um, so that he could um, try and claim some of the credit for it. Um, yeah, which is a bit mean, really, isn't it? Let's be honest here. So he keeps on like trying to make sure that he competes with not in his brother, but also now his son. So pretty horrible. Um, but he was um, uh, a very, very clever mathematician. Um, and uh, he was known at the time. So he had uh, professorships uh, by the end of his life um, and uh, was a fellow in uh, Paris, in Berlin, in London, St. Petersburg, Bologna. Um, um, but he was known as the Archimedes of his age. So Archimedes, we learned about, was very, very clever uh, um, back in Greek time. And of course, we're looking at the Renaissance. And so um, Johann's tombstone has Archimedes of his age t uh, typed in uh, put onto his tombstone so you've got the two brothers um both in Baal so after his older brother died he took up the job that he always wanted which was uh the professorship at the University of Baal um and so they both have weird kind of mathsy kind of tombstones so there we go two brothers who kind of dispute disliked each other by the end um but both actually were doing exactly the same thing so um, there we go, lovely stuff. Um, uh, just to point this on out, though, I still I do actually like my sister. So uh, before anyone thinks that this is a uh, actual story about my life, it's not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, just to caveat there. Um, so I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, our two brothers. Um, look them up. Uh, the Bernoulli brothers. They launched quite a lot of different uh, family, uh, big big family. So there's like Bernoulli stuff. Uh, in lots of different places because um, uh, lots of their children uh, also um, became mathematicians. So there's another Jacob Bernoulli, there's another Johann Bernoulli, there's another Nicola Bernoulli, uh, there's another Daniel Bernoulli. And so they kind of uh, work through quite a lot of different maths coming out of Baal. Right, that's it for us today. Um, hope you have a wonderful day. I'm going to go and get some lunch before I start on Zoom. Um, have a wonderful thing. Remember, stay in. Go enjoy your piece of uh, daily exercise, though. I'm going to go for my walk in a bit. Um, and have a wonderful time. Uh, nice to speak to you all. And uh, speak to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.